0: Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. It is a joy tonight to uh, be able to ordain into the gospel ministry Brother Jordan Gray um, sitting on the platform to my left your right is his grandfather he's an ordained minister of the gospel preacher of the gospel sitting to my right to your left is his father-in-law uh, which is an ordained preacher of the gospel and then I am an ordained preacher of the gospel and uh, it's a joy so just a joy and in our family we have uh, probably six ordained preachers of the gospel and, uh, and so I, I know that uh, when God calls a man uh, that uh, this is a special time in his life but church never forget this this is a special time in the life of our church and, uh, and so uh, brother Jordan um, made application for ordination and uh, inside that application uh, he gave um, about his salvation experience and uh, having grown up in church my entire life, I heard the gospel preached. As a young boy, I remember, uh, I, 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 remember I, I knew I needed a Savior, but I do not remember doing anything about it other than going down front and talking to Brother Bowen. It was not until I was 18 that I truly realized that there was a difference between knowing about salvation and believing. It, in my heart, it was October of 2012, Um, that I was saved at a homecoming revival, and I was baptized the following Sunday. And uh, then the question was, tell us about your call to full-time service into the ministry. And Brother Jordan, I was called to ministry when I was about eight years of age, sitting in the front row of the balcony uh, during a soul-winning clinic. The preacher, uh, which it was uh, Brother Rick Martin, uh, he was preaching on that night, and Jordan was sitting right up there uh, where the Webs and uh, Michael and Katie are, and recounting the life and ministry. The preacher was recounting the life and ministry of David Livingston. I knew right there that I wanted to serve God and preach for Him. It was many years later before I knew what capacity He wanted me to serve Him. When I was 17 or 18, I knew that God was calling me to work with teenagers and to be a youth pastor, and uh, so... Jordan, on this night, uh, for you and Grace, um, although your family, we love you deeply, um, but I think that when God puts a call on a man's life, then God also tests that man to make sure that that call is valid and that call is real. And, and I think that the past five and a half years of you serving on our church staff, um, that there have been many times that you could have quit, many times that you had an open exit door to go do whatever you wanted to do. And I know that I asked you that and told you that many times, that, hey man, um, if you can go do anything else, then just, you know, do you think? and always you would come back and tell me, nope, I have a call of God on my life. And, uh, and I can tell you that this uh, five and a half years of just working here, but before that, being a teenager and being a college student and watching you, all the way through uh, tonight, um, I do believe upon recommendation and approval of the deacon board of the Emanuel Baptist Church uh, that we're going to ordain you tonight into the gospel ministry. And uh, there's no greater thing that you can give somebody on their ordination night, and we just happen to own a bindery to get it done, uh, is uh, Grace and Jordan, we have um, given you um, a Bible on this ordination night and these are very special Bibles, and you'll have many Bibles through the years, but these Bibles will be the ones you'll look at and go, that, that was a defining moment. Uh, and so, uh, Daniel, can you do me a favor? Can you deliver those, if you will? And uh, so just a gift from our church to you, and a recognition of this night, and so we praise the Lord for that. I'm going to have your grandfather come, and... Uh, Whenever he does this, he says he's rocking and rolling, and uh, so um, this is my father-in-law, Bob Queen, and uh, just step right up here. Bob Okay.
1: Well, it's a real blessing to be a part of this tonight, and. Uh, I have known Jordan since he was born. thought about drowning him a few times. We, uh, we used to go fishing, his dad and I and he, when he was young, and he used to get in the boat, and he'd start singing. And we threatened many times to throw him out of the boat if he didn't quit singing. So he's loved, and many of you heard him sing, and it's, it's been a real blessing. And you know, Young people, if you're in a family that's serving the Lord or just love the Lord, follow through with it. There's no greater thing for a family to have one that's surrendered to serve the Lord, or in other in other cases, just be faithful in serving. So that's what I think about when I think of Jordan. And uh, I told him I was going to choke him when I go to, to pray over him. I'm not going to touch his head. I'm just going to choke him. For all those, for all those times, he uh, scared the fish away when we were out fishing. So, amen. Let's pray. Father, once again we come to you with this time of ordination of Jordan. No greater thing can someone do, be than to do and to serve the Lord full time. God, I pray for him, bless him, and his wife, and the rest of his life. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: I appreciate my father-in-law. Um, if there is an example of a man who has no shame about his faith, that's my father-in-law. And uh, he, he'll, he'll talk to anybody about the Lord at any time, at the most awkward times. And uh, when you're trying to be cool about your faith, uh, he just steps up and clears the deck and talks to people about it. I appreciate Brother Cape and uh, when Jordan and Grace were dating and getting of course we've known each other our families for years and and I was privileged to baptize Grace all those years ago Um, and when they uh, started dating falling in love um, then then I thought to myself um, what what a wonderful addition uh, to our family especially with Brother Cape and Miss Cape being faithful all these years in the ministry and Emmanuel Baptist Church Please never take for granted the young people that we have. Amen. And let's never take for granted that God is constantly speaking to young people. And, and like He has done many, many times, uh, that uh, we hope that if it's God's will that any of our young people go into the ministry and follow the call of God on their life, that they would have a system of parents behind them and that they would have a church behind them that would say, We want you to do God's will for your life. And I've asked Brother Cape to come and give you a charge tonight. And then after he's done, I'll come and give the final charge. And then, Jordan, we're going to lay hands on you. Grandpa's going to choke you, but we're going to lay hands on you. Brother Cape. Amen. Well, this is a great honor.
2: And um, it's, it's a great honor to be up here with the Queen as well. He is uh, went soul winning with him many times, many years ago, and he is a soul winner and uh, faithful to the Lord. I mentioned to him this morning that uh, Brother Jordan preached for us. We had a, a fall youth harvest uh, meeting in our church this past weekend. Was it this past weekend? Yeah. And uh, time really flies, you know. But he preached, and in one of his messages, he uh, mentioned his grandfather, and uh steadfastness of his grandfather. I had a grandfather that was the same way and um, he's in heaven now but I thank God for him. So I want to talk for just a minute to these two but at the same time I want to put a charge out for the entire church here. You know there's, there's probably several young men in here several men that are ordained preachers and then others that are that have surrendered to preach, that have not yet been ordained, Uh, let me charge you to encourage them every time you see them. Just find a way to encourage them every time they pass your way. And uh, it certainly goes a long ways for a young man to know that others are praying for him. I can remember sitting up here in the choir years ago, and uh, Dr. Ed Tutton would be sitting down front here, and I was in a position where I could look over his shoulder. And um, he told me one day, he said, uh, he said, Brother Cape, he said, I, I pray for you every day. I pray for you every day. A big smile on his face. And I thought, I'm, I'm sure you do. And, and I appreciate that. And I trusted that he did. And one day I was looking over his shoulder as he had his Bible uh, sitting there. And I think he had a group of people on this side of the auditorium that he uh, he would uh, kind of look after. And, and I noticed when he flipped his Bible over and put it on the, the, back, uh, of the, uh, back, the back of his Bible, the back lap of his Bible, he had a list of names there, and my name was number four. And I'll never forget it. And that encouraged me at that point in time, and it still encourages me today to know that someone was praying for me. Let them know. You're praying for them. I want to read just a couple of verses here. I'm not going to be but a minute, and uh, if I can find my scripture, give me just a minute here. Um, Paul addresses young Timothy about his um, call to the ministry and some responsibilities that he had. And um, I wish I had a lot of time, like four or five hours. Uh, we've been through a lot of things, you know, through the years, and. Um, But those things will come. You'll you'll get past those things through the Lord's help. Um, But I want to talk to you about the work of the ministry. Paul writes to young Timothy. He tells him in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and um, verse number 1, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom in his kingdom and his kingdom he says to preach the word be instant in season out of season always ready reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. The word charge here, in verse number one, he says to preach the word, but he's, the word charge here means to to commission. So tonight, we're this church. Is uh, By the way, this is a local church um, um, practice here, and um, I have the privilege of being a part of it because he is my, my son-in-law. But the charge here is to the commission. The Greek word for preach here means to herald, and you and I as preachers are to herald God's word, and I heard it. This weekend, I've heard it many times, him stand to preach the Word of God. And Paul says, Timothy, you need to rear back and just preach. Just preach. Rightly divide the Word of truth. A herald would come when a message would come from the King. He was not there to share his personal views, but he was there acting as an official messenger of the King. And that's what you and I have the responsibility to do. You have and I have a direct command from God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is to preach or herald the word. We're commanded to preach in season when there's fruit for our labor. We're commanded to preach out of season when seemingly there is no fruit. We're still commanded to preach. We're commanded to reprove. We are to express what is wrong. We are to rebuke, reprehend, sometimes even discipline. We're also commanded to exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And we exhort through teaching of the Word of God. The word doctrine here is not to herald, but but to teach. The word doctrine has denotes that which is being taught. So we need to be teaching the sincere and faithful people that you will be ministering to and teach them in a way that their truth can come across just as your dad does. Just as your dad does. One of the greatest um, uh, preachers that I know is your pastor. And I thank God that my daughter has the privilege of being here. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me, Paul says, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, faithful men. Paul gave a full statement of God's plan to Timothy. That plan was to preach the guilt of mankind, the sin of mankind. Paul preached the commandments of the law of God's word, he preached the need of a Savior. He preached the mercies of God. He preached of future rewards in heaven, and he preached of future punishment in hell. And that kind of encompasses everything that a man of God should stand and do. Preachers should declare all that counsel because God commands for us to declare all the counsel of God because it's needful for the salvation of people, because it's the message In the message, is not it's not their message, it's not our message, but it's God's message. They have no right to change it. They have no right to disguise it. They have no right to withhold it and keep us from preaching it. So if it's the duty of a preacher to declare that counsel, then it is the duty of the people to listen to that counsel with respect and with an open mind and with a desire to know the truth and to be saved by it, and for their lives to be changed by it. Preaching the whole counsel of God, though will do no good unless it is received into broken, honest, humble hearts, and with an attitude to know what God has revealed to us in order to be saved and how to live our lives. There's some things that you need to stay at. Stay at. I've watched you enough to know that you and Grace both, I believe, stay at these things. But you need to stay every day on your knees before the Lord. You must stay on your knees before the Lord. Stay every day in his word. You must stay every day in his word. Stay faithful. To your wife, Grace. Grace, stay faithful to your husband in love and support, whatever he needs. The ministry is is a wonderful life. And at times, it's a difficult life. Those of you that are sitting here that have been in the ministry know exactly what I'm talking about some of you could stand and preach on that for a few minutes, I'm sure. And talk about it. So you both need one another. You, you both need each other's support. And it has to be every day. Stay faithful. Brother Jordan, invest in her spiritually. Invest in her spiritually. Invest in those boys spiritually. God gave you her. He gave you your home before he ever gave you a ministry. You invest in your family, and I know you will. Stay faithful to preach to one person just as you would a thousand people. Amen? To one person just as you would a thousand people people stay true to the old king james bible and stay after souls every day every day it's a way of life as i told you the other day i have total confidence in you total confidence in you not in your flesh but in the one that you serve and i know you love the lord let's pray heavenly father I thank you, Lord, again for this privilege that my wife and I have to be here to experience. Our youngest daughter who married a preacher boy. and He surrendered his life to do whatever you would have him to do. And he'd rather do this than anything else in the world. And God, I pray that your hand would be upon him as it has been in the past, Lord, please keep it upon him. May he look to you for everything, every single thing in life. May he look to you for that. Please bless the remainder of this time we
0: have together. In Jesus' name, amen. Every day I walk into my office, I am privileged to look at an ordination certificate that hangs behind my, behind my desk. And son, before I go to do the day's work or open the book and begin to study it, I will look at that ordination paper. And I'll realize there was a day that I stepped into an arena of a job that requires two anointings. The first anointing is the Lord's call upon your life. The second anointing are the people that you serve. I have been a member of this church since I have been 12 years of age. I have been blessed to have worked here for 35 years. That's rare. That just doesn't happen. It's not by anything that I have done because the Lord knows that I've made plenty of mistakes in 35 years. And son I don't know if God would allow you to stay here for the rest of your life or if one day you're gonna walk in the office and as long as your mama's not there we can have this conversation and maybe one of these days you'll walk in and you'll say dad god has called me i don't know what god's going to do with you and like i said when brother metters was ordained i have to put you on that altar like you, like we did when you were a little boy you are going to be god's man It doesn't mean you're you're better than anybody else. It just means that God is going to use you to lead His people. Up until this point, you've been wandering in the courtyard of it. But there's something heavy about being ordained. And I don't think we take it as seriously in this day and time as what we should. And I know that maybe some people look at an ordination service as that has no value for me but it does because we are launching the next leaders into what we do I want us to go to Acts chapter 11 the poster child for someone with a call of God on their life is the apostle Paul The reason the Apostle Paul could give a charge like Brother Cape just told us is because the Apostle Paul was commissioned by the church at Antioch. But if you'll go back up before he was commissioned in Acts chapter 11 and verse 27. "And And in those days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth. Throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwell in Judea. And verse number 30, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now, Saul, who's going to be changed to Paul, is getting ready to be ordained by the church in chapter 13. But this man that's right here in this, in this world of church work, I will tell you this, that the first thing I will tell you about crossing over into being an ordained preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that you will be entrusted to bring relief to God's people. That's your job. That's your job. And as an ordained preacher, this is not something I add to my resume. When I was ordained back in the 80s, it it was not something that I said, yeah, I have a certificate in that, and I have a certificate in that, and I have a certificate in that, and I have a certificate in that. And by the way, I I also have a certificate for the ministry. This is not part of who I am. It is who I am. I I may have had to strip floors and be a security guard, and I may have had to do some crazy things, but the ministry is who I am. And my job is to bring relief to God's people When, when God's people face a desert time in their life when God's people face a time and you get a phone call that's when you kiss that good woman goodbye and you step out and you arrive on the scene to bring relief ministers preachers of the gospel do not sit in glass houses with the bed of these we show up when somebody's world is falling apart so please know this if you're not willing to be that guy then you need to tell me right now so that we can just kind of move on because that ability to go I'll, 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 I'll take it I'll, I'll take the relief to God's people and the reason Saul was such a poster child was because he knew. You have a job of helping God's people because they're going through a tough time. I'll send relief. And, and I know this about you from working here that there have been times I've called you at the most oddest times and asked you to go take care of something because I needed to know. Do you get it? Do you get it? And I can tell you that you have never said no when somebody's been in need. And I've said, son, I need you to go right now, and I need you to help that person, whether it be a juvenile detention center, whether it be somebody over there needs some help. And and Jordan, you've always had that unique ability, relief. That's what we do. The second thing that we do is if you go to Acts chapter 12 and you go to the very end, they now take care of the relief, and then they come to Acts chapter 12, and look at verse number 20 in church. This, this is what our expectation is for anybody we ordain. Please know what I'm about to tell you. This is the expectation. We are, we are not going to ordain um, um, these, these type of people who are all about themselves, and they just don't want to go out and serve people. Look at Acts chapter 12 in verse number 20. And, 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 well, let's drop down to verse number 23. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave God, not God, the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Son, the second thing that a preacher always must remember in the ministry is that we have to bring along with us the next generation. Would you go back up, church, to verse number 11? When Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many people gathered together, what? Praying. John Mark came from the house of prayer. Not only when you step into the ministry is it about bringing relief to God's people. If God's people are in need, we rush to meet this need. We don't even think twice. You get a phone call, you're up, you're gone, and you stay until God's people are okay. And then the second thing is we must remember that the next generation, that we have to be okay was slowing down long enough to pick them up and take them with us. The hallmark of any preacher is not found in the sermons he preaches, but it's found in the people who follow. Who are you attracting? And you and I are going to be surrounded, and every preacher surrounded by people who love the Lord. And so if we can just say no... I've got to slow down because there's John Marks around us. And so if you would go to Acts 13, and so now here's this caliber of man that was ordained. He, he knew what it was to, to, to help God's people with relief. He knew what it was to slow down and help the next generation. And look at Acts chapter 13. Now we come to the church at Antioch and prophets and teachers, and then it lists them. And I would read them, but I would not want to wow you with how I know their names and how to pronounce it. Look at verse 2. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereinto I have called them. Jordan, in all transparency, you probably wanted this night to happen long before this night happened. But I can't make a move until the Holy Ghost says, now. I love your mother. She loves me. But at the end of the day, she's a mother. And how many times has that lady said, when's when's Jordan getting ordained? When's Jordan getting ordained? When are you going to ordain Jordan? How, How much longer do we have to go? But son, I've always operated by this principle. I'm not making a move until the Holy Ghost says, now make that move and son when the Holy Ghost says move then that's when we move part of being in the ministry is you don't run according to the status quo of the expectation but you move according to the Spirit of God when he says move and move now And if the Holy Spirit of God told your daddy right now to pack his bags up and go to Peru, then your daddy would resign, pack his bags up, and I'd go to Peru because I'm at the mercy of how the Spirit of God wants me to work this thing. Because when I got into the gospel ministry, I didn't get in it for the location. I got into it for the Savior, and I am at your bidding, and if you tell me it's time to go, then it's time to go. And to me, this is big time stuff. We're not going to lay hands just for the sake of nepotism. We're going to lay hands for the sake that I believe as your pastor and as your boss and as your dad that you have determined the qualities. You have the qualities that I see. And like Brother Cape, I believe in you. I don't believe in your flesh, but I do believe in you. And so you're going to find out here that the Holy Ghost said, "Separate." But then we keep following because when you decide that this is what you want, what you have, look at verse number 5. And when they were at Salmas, they, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews and they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the Isle of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was the, which was the deputy of the, country of, uh, of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who also for Barnabas and Saul desired to hear the word of God, and Elymas the sorcerer, for so is named by interpretation, verse number eight, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, his all of a sudden there's a change that happens, whose name then 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 Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. Okay, this is crazy stuff here. But there's going to come a time when the ministry changes you. And you've got to get ready for that change. There's something about it. You're going to cross over. Once we lay hands on you tonight, and once the officers of this church lay hands on you, and we ordain you to the gospel ministry, the gospel ministry will change you. Because God needs to change you one more time to be effective in the gospel ministry. There's a lot, anybody can get ordained, but not everybody's willing to be changed inside of their calling. And this is the how God has always ordained it. Because change comes from battles. If you'll notice here that he battled against the forces of hell, because now you have a sorcerer, and he was battling for the souls of men. It was these two battles that Paul was fighting against and fighting for. This is why he said in church, I want you to look at this in verse number 9. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, that thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. Immediately there fell on him amidst in darkness. He went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. And then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed. Now I hate to tell you this, I'd believe too if all of a sudden this maniac and what is is going on. The battle of being ordained will change you because all of a sudden you'll realize the gravity that I am fighting the forces of hell and I'm fighting for the souls of men. And that encompasses this and anytime you're in a fight, you come back changed. Your your uncle, my, my uncle, your great uncle was in Vietnam. I was born in 67. The Vietnam War was right there and it didn't die down until several years later, but then your uncle came back. And I was sitting as a young boy and your uncle came back from Vietnam. My uncle my uncle not my uncle went away jovial. Part of my personality I get from him. Because this was my uncle. My uncle came back from war. A different man. And I remember the first time I saw him. He was different. He just wasn't the same. Vietnam changed him. Son, the ministry will change you. But don't let it bitter you. Don't let it bitter you. Always know this. The fight is not against flesh and blood. The fight is against the prince and power of the air, and it's for the souls of men. And when you pray, don't pray for God to kill people and judge people and go after people. You pray that God withholds the forces of darkness so that you have time to go rescue the souls of men. Yesterday, we were out with some teenage guys, and and, and, and we realized that there were needs in that neighborhood. And then I went back yesterday and, and, and kind of took some groceries by. And when I was walking through, I could feel it. I, I, I could feel the oppression because I knew this is my calling. This is what I was made for. Carrying those box of groceries and walking through depravity. And fighting through that to let a family know, I love you and I want to help you. This is the fight. And that kind of fight will change you. But it will change you to better you. So there's a lot of junk that goes on in the ministry. Ministry's messy, I saw a sign one time say. It is. But don't let that drag you. You keep your eyes on this. There are deputies out there that they want to know about Jesus Christ and all the petty things and all the petty things that the devil will use to try to discourage you there's one thing that should excite you and that is the fact that I get to be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ and everything else is just what I have to deal with. While I get to be the preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, hardest in marketplace up here. I went to a prayer breakfast two weeks ago, and when I walked in, I was sitting with other preachers from around the community. And uh, a lady walked up to me, and she said, "Do you do you pastor Emmanuel Baptist Church?" And I said, "I do." She said. When y'all were Longview Baptist Temple, y'all ran buses to Shreveport, Louisiana, and I was just a little girl in the projects, and my mama would put me on her lap, and we would drive into Longview, and we would come, and they would love us, and she said, thank you. Son, the highest thing we could ever be said about us is we are preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's our battle. And when you get into the ministry, you're there to bring relief to God's people. When you get into the ministry, you're there to take the second generation and bring them along. When you get into the ministry, you're there for the Spirit of God to be the trumpet that you listen to. Then you make a move. And when you get into the ministry, you're in the fight. Not against people. Not against church members. Not against anybody else. But you're in it to fight the forces of hell for souls of men and as you read through the book of Acts from this point on Paul sets the tone for church work why God decided to focus on the Apostle Paul and not on Barnabas and John Mark I will never know but he decided to focus and I think as you study Paul you're gonna find out that he was always coming back to this hey Paul you got any words you would like to say yeah, there's something I want to say. One day I was on the road to Damascus. I was riding a horse and a great big light hit me. I fell off that horse, got saved, and here I am. Paul, anything you'd like to say? Yeah, I would like to say this before. I was, one day I was on the road to Damascus riding a horse, got knocked off, saw a light knocked, got knocked off. And, and if Bob can get that story straight, I can get back up and serve God. <laughs> and, and this was Paul. No matter what you asked Paul, but any time Paul got off that narrative, he made a mistake. And I would tell you that being in the ministry, that's what this is about. And son, we're proud of you on this night. It is a big night. Not only for me as a father and for your father-in-law and your mother and your mother-in-law and your grandfather and your grandmother, but it is for the sake of Christ. And I would ask, be faithful to everything, everything that you've been taught. And uh, if you'll come at this time, Jordan, Brother Jordan, if I could have the officers come, the chairman of the deacons, if you'll make your way, please. Jordan, before you sit down, I want to ask you on behalf of our church some, some things. And gentlemen, if you'll just come stand right up here to the right. Acts 13 gives us the plan of ordination of a servant to be sent out to do the work of the ministry. Ordaining a man for the gospel ministry is done through the local church and not an individual or an organization. Every man who is ordained is an extension of the sending church. Ordination is an agreement between the sending church and the individual that there is a mutual faith and agreement. And if at any time either one changes, then the authority of the ordination is null and void. I'm going to ask you some questions, and I just need an affirmative answer so that our church understands. Do you agree and affirm the following? First of all, that salvation is only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, minus any type of works to secure salvation. Do you agree with that? Yes. Number two, the two ordinances of the church is baptism and the Lord's Supper. Do you agree with that? Yes. Do you agree that the King James Bible is the only English translation that you use in your study and in your preaching? Do you agree the church was started by Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry and that being an independent Baptist is your allegiance? Yes. Do you agree that the list of qualifications for the office of bishop as found in 1 Timothy is the standard to which you will strive to live and maintain in your personal life? Yes. Do you agree the Great Commission is the sole mission of the church and the responsibility of the individual? Do you agree? Number seven, the spiritual authority represented by this ordination will be used to serve people through the local church or churches you will lead. Yes. Do you agree that if the following conditions change in your ministry, that you will voluntarily turn in your ordination papers to the office of Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview? Okay. If this is your agreement, then. Let's proceed with the ordination. Taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview, we trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.